0: We started talking about this in the 7 o'clock hour. I wanted to come kind of back around to this, Rowdy, as uh, we'll talk Badgers coming up as well. Uh, the Brewers uh, staved off the sweep yesterday, except here's the thing. Both the Phillies and the Padres also won. Again, Brewers stuck at 2.5 for the final wild card spot. We'll get to that momentarily. But first, uh, Aaron Judge, what, a double in, uh, what do you have, two doubles and a walk last night? No home run. I forget his exact sounding. Like no home run, though, as he still sits at 60. Uh, he uh, was that Tide Babe Ruth sits at 60. Now, Rowdy, when that ball was hit, there was like a gigantic, you know, like the rub, the rugby scrum or like the pile in the other Yeah, I,
1: I saw that video. It was literally like 25 people deep jumping on top of each other, Just
0: beating other. the hell out of each other to get to this ball. And uh, a 20, a, young, a younger kid in his 20s got the ball. And, he, you know, some people are like, well, what are you going to do with the ball? Well, what he ended up doing with the ball. Was he gave the ball back to Aaron Judge in exchange for a signed bat, three signed or four signed balls, one for him and three for his friends, and a picture with Aaron Judge? Now, the ball that tied Babe Ruth, according to Darren Ravel, who's in the nerd and the big of the numbers of you know the the branding and how much you know things are worth, he said the ball that tied Babe Ruth from Aaron Judge was worth one hundred. $1,000. Some nice coin. The kid, in exchange for giving the ball back, because he wanted to give the ball back, a signed bat, a signed baseball, or four signed baseballs and a picture. That, according to Darren Revell, was worth $1,500. Rowdy, you were once uh, proclaimed, I think you still would proclaim, that if you were at American Family Field or when the player was playing was then called Miller Park, if Ryan Braun... Were to hit a home run ball and you were there to catch it, you would and I quote throw it back. Now, if it That's was a great take, <laughs> it, was, it was an awesome take, Rowdy. I don't think you'd be throwing back an Aaron Judge Babe Ruth tying home run, would you? Or, no, and if or, it's, Roger Mears tying or Roger May's breaking home run,
1: even if this was like a known steroid user, Like or, let's say Ryan Braun or, in or a
0: PED user
1: that yeah. was setting some type of record, it's still in the eyes of what, like half the baseball fans, Barry Bonds has the single season record. Barry Bonds has the home run uh, career record yeah. in half of people's eyes. Yeah. That's still going to fetch a pretty penny. So, yes, if Ryan Braun hit like, I don't know, his 500th home run, <laughs> if you ever got there. Yeah. That would be one I wouldn't throw back. If it was four ninety so, G- four ninety nine, piss on it.
0: Cause <laughs> it back 500. 500? That's mine. So let's say you're at this,
1: these people go about this all wrong. If you follow like the memorabilia markets or like the card markets, they've been way up the last, you know, three, four, five years.
0: Yeah. Oh, my. It, it, it's insane. In fact, we had that um, Darren. Reve- I'm going to play this clip from Darren Ravel again. It's going to blow your mind. But let me ask you, Rowdy. You're there in attendance. You're no, a judge. I'm not
1: settling for a couple autographed baseballs and a picture. What
0: are you settling for? That, that's Where are you like, keeping it? That's like the bare minimum. That
1: I need like the I need autographs in the picture just for them to get in just to, into just the, to talk to yeah, you, just get in the office to sit down and have a conversation.
0: All right, all right, let's go through it. The ball's hit. You are in the scrum. You come out victorious with the ball. You're you know you're you're throwing the Heisman on some kids. You're punching a dad in the face. You're ripping off you know these women trying to you know get the ball as well. You're you're you are. The Highlander. You are the one that makes it out. You have the ball.
1: Choking another guy with your leg. You're
0: choking a guy out. Like You you fought tooth and nail to get this ball. The you're 60th. bloodied, beaten. But you came out victorious. You came out clean on the other side like Andrew Dufresne through that, that pipe of crap. What's the first thing you do? Do you leave the stadium? Do you like, you're not a guy who shies away from, you know, well Being you physical. definitely
1: you definitely have to make sure that uh you got some people with you right
0: you need a posse if if not then yeah you, maybe you it's probably, a cutthroat world you
1: probably would have to think about uh either a getting in touch with security or b yeah leaving
0: now keep in mind that security is probably working in the Yankees and Aaron judge's best interest to try and rip that ball away from you too so you you got it coming at you from all angles i I'd imagine the Yankees are probably, uh, yeah, you know, but that's how, that's too. how you
1: know that they would keep you safe is because yeah, you have that possession. Once you give it up, then, uh, I'd
0: like stash it in my pants. I like, I'd like put it like down my, the front of my pants. Like good luck getting that, but Rowdy. All right. So you had the ball. You, you want your, your posse or maybe security to kind of like, you know, rope you off. The Yankees brass comes to you and they say, Hey, Hey, we know you got the ball. Aaron judge would like it. What's the first thing you say? You need I need autographed baseball autographed uh, card uh, picture just to even look at me?
1: Oh, no, that's that's like the hopping off point. Oh yeah. Yeah, It's good wanna, a good faith. Yeah, I want to sure. Aaron Aaron Judge wants to talk, sure. All right. Let's uh let's sign some baseballs. We'll uh take some pictures. Maybe a team baseball and then we can talk from there. Yeah,
0: that's that's the the, the good faith for the Yankees. The show like an olive yeah. branch. Like, hey, we want to talk.
1: If you know anything about memorabilia and autographs and record setting home runs and stuff like that. Yeah, Giving it away for a couple of autographs and a
0: picture. That's not very smart. All right, so Darren Ravel says it's worth $100,000. Do you settle for that? Less? More? Now Aaron Judge, I mean, he hit the home run. It's his feat. It's his accomplishment. You just happen to have the ball.
1: I feel like if you were going to do this and you were going to get the autographs and like some of the, the FaceTime you probably end up selling it for slightly less. Mm
0: -hmm. But you're getting close to what they value it at. Yeah, I'd be like, well, Darren Revell said this thing is worth $100,000. If you were to get a lottery ticket, a scratch-off, and won $100,000, would you give it away? Would you I don't know. I'd
1: probably just mail it in.
0: Or if you had, let's let's say you had, uh, Rowdy, let's say. That's a joke. I, I know. Let's say you have Rowdy... Uh, the Powerball or something where everyone can pick numbers and it's a five way tie, you know, it's mega millions. You got a five way tie. Would you tell those other four people? You know what? You deserve it more than me. You can have it. Would you do that? No, absolutely not. Like. I don't know if
1: you would app ab- like absolutely get that one hundred thousand, but you have to get pretty close to
0: that. Yeah. Otherwise, you're keeping it like.
1: I understand if you got the pictures, you got the autographs, maybe you got a meet and greet with the Yankees and, and like some bats and whatever. Maybe you would say, "Ah, okay, I'll give it to you for seventy five grand." But you're you're getting somewhat close to that value.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not selling for a signed ball that's meaningless. Yeah, some signed bat that's meaningless. The person that tells
1: you that, oh, you know, that's it's their baseball, they hit it, blah blah blah. And you give it to them for free or for like something that's not even anywhere near the same value? You're just dumb or (laughs)
0: stupid, or both, (laughs) or both. Which I'd probably say both. Okay, Darren Ravel, and take a listen on the the market here. I'm going to play this clip again. Darren Ravel is on um, the Dan Patrick show. Or
1: I would say you don't live in reality.
0: Yeah, I would say. Hey, listen. What's it worth? Oh, a hundred thousand dollars? Okay, well, we'll start right there from there. Otherwise I'm taking it and I'm going home. I'm not giving away.
1: Now you a wouldn't know this ticket. at the time that you're in the ballpark. No. But that's why you gotta hold on to it. Exactly. You can't just you can't just make deals right away. This is like where you almost go, Here, I gotta let me let me talk to my lawyer.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, here, here's Darren Ravel talking about the worth of it and on the Dan Patrick. So you, you, you will hear Dan Patrick a little bit and what's mostly Darren Ravel.
2: The 60th home run ball that the fan gave back to Aaron Judge. Street value, what would that be on the open market today?
3: At least 100000 Dan. At least. So let's go over this trade again. All right. The guy got a ball signed by Aaron Judge, a ball signed by Aaron Judge for each of his three friends, mm-hmm. and a bat signed by Aaron Judge. So he essentially gave $1500 in value <laughs> for 100,000 easy. Okay. Now there is an argument to be made. He got to meet him in the clubhouse and take a picture. The picture has more value in the social media era than ever before.
0: Okay, no us pause there. What value does a picture have on the social media Ebo, era?
1: I'm going to bring up my Instagram right now. It has uh, no value. I have 434 followers. If I posted a picture with Aaron Judge and his home run ball. It'd go viral. It probably would go viral, but...
0: Would you? Well, would I all would of you? a
1: sudden become an Instagram influencer? No. and make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year? No, or even thousands of dollars a year? No, absolutely not. They would like it one time, and then you're irrelevant again.
0: Well, what would happen was your DMs would be flooded with guys calling you uh, all kinds of names, like "Oh, look at this idiot," and then maybe there'd be like someone's like, "Hey, I'll, I'll buy it from you for twenty thousand dollars." Like, no, dude, I'm waiting for a hundred thousand. Here's more from uh, Darren Revel.
3: Right. Picture with Aaron Judge. Look at this picture with Aaron Judge after he hit 60, but obviously not a fair trade. And I would suggest it also looks bad on the Yankees. So if the Yankees want home run ball, 61 and 62, they better start uh, figuring out a better deal because they're not going to get it.
2: Would it be prudent to sell the ball right away or do you wait? Let's say you got 62. Do you sell it the next day or do you wait a little while?
1: No. That's just a terrible question. You have to sit on it. You have to. You have to sit on it.
0: Yeah, because you don't know immediately what it's worth. Exactly.
1: And if anything, it's only going to go up. Yeah. Th-
3: yes. All right. Here's here's Reveld. Oh, the way the auctions work, you're just going to have to, you're probably just going to have to wait a month, you know, you need it to be marketed, oh, okay. but- but it's it's interesting. I mean, listen, we're at a time right now where game used stuff is going crazy. That Michael Jordan jersey from game 1 of the 98 finals sold for 10 million dollars. Maradona's hand hand of god jersey sold for 9 million dollars. It's at a perfect time right now as far as game used memorabilia.
0: I don't even know who that is. Diego Maradona? <laughs> the Hand of God? Uh well, I think the reason why maybe Diego Maradona's Hand of God jersey uh, for Argentina is going so expensive Maradona passed away a couple of years ago. The dude was a notorious party animal. I think his family might have to be paying off some of his cocaine bills.
3: Those. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see, right? So 61, probably a half a million dollar ball. 62, the AL record, the Yankee record, maybe a million dollar ball. And then, what, 74, if he could ever get there. Um, that's, that's a big one. But Todd McFarlane is still... So Rowdy,
0: one million dollars minimum for the record breaking ball from Aaron Judge if he does do it.
1: Hey, if, if Aaron Judge gets to seventy four and passes Barry Bonds, he'd have to hit like one a day for the rest of the season. That would <laughs>
0: that would be remarkable. I would love to see the scene. If Judge is sitting there on sixty one and he hits the sixty second home run, I would love to see the scene of just debauchery unfold in the stands for that ball. Well, like you how, how how do you even contain the craziness? I know they
1: were talking about the prices. Like, hey, the 60th home run was hundred thousand dollars. Okay, well, the three guys in Yankee history that have hit 60 home runs in a season: Roger Maris, Babe Ruth, and now Aaron Judge. But imagine for that 62nd one that all of a sudden becomes the AL record, that becomes the Yankee record, and for right now. Is not tainted. Yeah. Like Aaron Judge hasn't been linked to PEDs or any performance-enhancing drugs.
4: Yep,
1: that ball is going to be worth so much money. And you know who's going to be willing to pony up all the money in the world to buy it?
0: Mark Adonazio.
1: How about the Yankees?
0: Oh yeah, sorry. About they, the I mean, honor. it's
1: their franchise, right? Yeah. Well, they're worth seven they, billion dollars. They they're the guy. They're the franchise that has retired like every pretty practically every single <laughs> digit. Uh, number for a jersey in their outfield like they're all about history they have the money to do it i'm sure a 60 second Aaron judge home run would look phenomenal in their little yankees hall of fame type little case
0: time to pony up
1: and you know that they wouldn't shy away from throwing a million dollars down
0: no not at all
1: they'll throw they'll throw a a handful of millions of dollars down just for some old aging relief pitcher that might have a little bit of left in the tank. (laughs) The same relief pitcher that the brewers say we got to get rid of because we can't afford them.
0: Yep, exactly. Man, what would you do if you caught that ball? Would you give it up? Do the, as uh, some of our listeners suggested, do the right thing? Or would you say, hey, everyone's got a price. Ted DiBiase style. Uh, Line one. Good morning. Who's this?
5: Z in the D. Hey, Zizzle. All right. So doing some research, the tickets probably were going anywhere for 200 to $250 to get into the game. So right there alone is $1,000 that cost that guy and his friends to get into the game. Then you got to throw in the drinks, the beer, the transportation. So you're probably also looking at another $300. So that $1,500 deal is worth squat. I'm looking at, and then I throw in, what did Tom Brady get for his 600, 600 touchdown ball? worry asked me, and that was like, worth "Oh, the guy, the guy million.
0: that the one that Mike Evans gave away in the stands." Yes, the guy got like got a signed it. jersey, season tickets, a signed football, and uh, a Bitcoin. Oh yeah, which is crashing hard.
5: Yeah, and yeah, he got and a thousand dollars to the team store and stuff like that. But they value that at a half a million dollars. If I'm getting that six gift uh, home run ball, I want at least a hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars. I also want playoff tickets for the next five years, even though I'm a Red Sox fan. But it doesn't it matter. Song, I'm, taking, I'm, I'm taking those tickets, the playoff tickets. Then, I, obviously, I want some autograph by Aaron Judge, some memorabilia, and I, I'm I'm asking for the wishing well because even if they shoot me down, then I'm going to private auction. I'm still making a hundred thousand yeah. dollars at least. Yeah. And if, if someone says, "Oh, that's too much," like Aaron Judge is about to make. $300 million more than likely when he's going in the free agent here. He's going to be making that. So him showing out $100,000 at an auction for his baseball ain't a big deal for him. But he he, it's probably, his
0: history. He made it. He's the one that did it. Why are you so selfish and holding on to his ball? Well, I got it, and I'm a part of history now. Yep.
5: Well, why the Brewers so selfish to us? Or some club so selfish and not paying money? I don't, I don't care. I don't I'm care. the one going... I'm going to the game. I'm the one paying the money. And what do you do in return? Sometimes you do nothing. You shell out two hits. Man. So if I catch the 60th home run ball, I'm keeping it. And you, you caught a
0: lottery ticket.
5: I'm keeping it. Because the guy's going to get taxed no matter it's Yeah, the you, you got to pay taxes on that, too. Yeah, well, probably, though. So now you know, want, I want
0: my tax bill covered, too. Good point.
5: Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. There's this guy's made. And plus, he's. More than likely, if he's uh, a New York Yankee fan, he's probably paying a buttload just to live in New York or to go to that game. Like He's got to be from the surrounding area. It's not like he's coming from Pennsylvania well, I don't or think something like lives
0: that. matters, but yeah.
5: But, well, it does. I mean, think about it. If he wants $100,000, right. that's going to cover his apartment maybe for the next three years at that.
0: Uh, Z, so yeah, you have your demands. We, I love it, dude. Don't back down.
5: Oh, no. This is my ball, and I'm keeping it now. Excuse I want my I'm money, and I want it now.
0: Yep. Call J.G. Wentworth, brother. We love you. Later. Yeah. Yeah, for Tom Brady, uh, let's see here. The guy who got Tom Brady's ball, they said it could be as low as $500,000 to upwards of $900,000 for the Tom Brady 600 touchdown pass. In exchange, the guy got, um, he got a different game ball, a signed jersey, He'll receive uh, two uh, sorry two signed jerseys and a helmet from Brady, a signed Evans jersey and his game cleats, a $1000 credit at the Buccaneers team store, and two season passes for the remainder of the season as well as the season following. So, you
1: love the Milwaukee Brewers logo from the 90s, correct? Love it. And what Not was Love it. And what was that a rip off of? The Yankees. The New York Yankees with the M and the B kind of intertwined, kind yep. of like the...
0: I have a pair of Zuba's pants with it, and I have a hat in my hand
1: right N now. N in the Y. Yep. If you're going to act like the Yankees and you want to be the Yankees, here's an example of the difference between the two you franchises. Like the Yankees. One is talking about ponying up a million dollars to get a 60-second Aaron Judge home run ball. The other one went to arbitration with a starting pitcher over 600000 told him no, and then bought a $500,000 ticket stub that's going to sit on the wall in one of his, I'm sure, dozens of mansions. That's the difference between the two organizations.
0: (laughs) One is, and one is not. And one you can have facial hair, the other you can't. Pinstripes as well. Yeah, line two, good morning, who's this? Uh,
6: Sasquatch,
0: Mike. Oh, our guy Sasquatch, what's up Sasquatch?
6: Well, guys, uh, real quick, i uh, talking about baseball here. I couldn't believe my ears. Now, you know I'm a conspiracy theorist, Sasquatch Mike. That's why we love you. I heard on the overnight on the Chicago uh, sports station, they have the uh, CBS radio at yep. night. Yep. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This gentleman was talking about that. He says it's not a conspiracy. He thinks that the balls are juiced for Albert Pulholtz and Aaron Judd because the uh, on those particular games, they're putting those balls out so that these things can fly out of the park because the MLB ratings are down, guys. Um,
0: Mike, big, in, in big 2020, balls. it was proven that they were using juice balls half the time because they changed a uh, right. ball company. One ball was dead, the other ball was like half the time, but they would put the juice balls in markets, uh, bigger markets to have more eyes on. You are correct. That I, actually was proven, it, and
6: they, they it, found it, it out. It, and you know what? And, and, and you know, uh, People say, oh, you're a conspiracy. That's not. How could you say sports are rigged? How could you say the NFL is rigged? Listen to me. You look and you go back to the 1919 Chicago Black Sox scandal, okay? This has been going on for a long time. College point shavings. Uh, don't think it doesn't happen in the NFL. You've got um, – I told you guys the story. You've got, uh, you've got referees, certain referees. They don't make the money, the owners, the players – the coaches make the refs are in their private union. They don't make the amount of money that these, these players are making, and they alone can change it. Now, guys, listen to me. I'm a true blue Packer fan, guys, but I gotta be real about this. When they showed the instant replay, Justin Fields, the ball was breaking the white line. Yeah, I thought it was a touchdown I, too. It was a touchdown, and, and this is and this is all about points. It's all about Vegas. It's all about the bookies making their money, and, and this is it's really a shame that even. This is how distorted people have become. I mean, you can literally see something on TV. And they'll say, nope, it didn't happen. Or, yes, it did happen, even with a frozen screen. And I'm not just talking about this game. I mean, there's been multiple games in sports where you're just scratching your head. And, you know, the guy will say, well, let's go to our CBS affiliate. Uh, Joe, you're in the studio. What do you see? Well, Bill, its uh, I'd say this is coming back. I mean, it's evident his... His foot was on the line, and it, this is going to be overturned. After further review, the play stands. <laughs> wow, wow, Bill, I don't know what he was looking at. <laughs> Come on, people. Wake up and scratch your head and something else and just look at this for what it is. It's pathetic. It really is pathetic that we have to watch a sports that we know is rigged. Hey, Mike. Sorry,
1: Mike, I, the I, first I three say. months of the season, Albert Pujols, four home runs. The last three months, he's currently at 15.
0: Oof, sir. Juice those balls, Mike.
6: What do you guys think? What happened when Sammy Sosa and uh, what's his name? Well, he had a cocked
0: uh, bat and steroids.
6: Butter. Well, I mean, that was another. That was a whole nother. They weren't juicing the balls; they were juicing their bodies. But yeah. you know, uh, but guys, I got one other thing to yeah, say. hurry, Mike, because we got to hit break here. Okay, okay, real quick. Uh, listen, uh, Packers. What do you guys think? I mean, if they could get the receiving core going, I think this is we we got a chance, guys. The yeah. I, 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 running game and the defense. Well, the second, but again, look who we played.
0: <laughs> yeah, the bears.
6: Hey, uh, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, Mike. Um, what the hell was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. My final thought for you. Uh, this works for uh, sports, uh, government, uh, quote unquote science. That's TM trademark. Uh, two plus two, Mike. We all know it's four, but all those entities that so will sometimes say two plus two equals five, and you just gotta nice. bow exactly. down and accept it.
6: Absolutely, and what's the old saying? Believe only half of what, half of what you see, and nothing of what you hear. And one last quick five seconds, guys. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The the the, the shot thing. They now they're now they're backing off. They're saying, but what what have we been saying? What have I been saying for two years on your call? Don't take the shot. The CDC told everybody less than one percent chance of dying, but everybody rolled their sleeve up for synthetic RNA splicer that's changing your DNA. Mike, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks,
0: guys. See you, homie. Go, Petco. God, I love Sasquatch Mike. He He was in it today, Rowdy. He was feeling himself today. He was going guns blazing.
1: Hey, first, they started juicing their bodies. Second, they started juicing the balls. Now just wait for the third phase where they juice their bodies and the
0: balls. Which kind of balls? And we wish a very happy birthday, the ripe old age of 29 again. Our guy, Rob Reichel.
2: Happy birthday, Robbie! It's been a nice run, Evo, of uh, several years in a row now that I'm turning 29. Yes.
0: Let's see here, Rob. Uh, thank,
2: thank you for the birthday wishes. I, I got to find a way somehow today. My day is my day is goofy, but I, I'd, I'd love to find a way to get to the gritty. There's there's nothing better. Oh than yeah, the you
0: got to get your birthday. free beer at the gritty, yeah. uh, Rob. Hi. Let me ask you for your birthday. In, in one hand, I have the tightest Robert Plant pants one could get. <laughs> And on the other hand, I have a Craig Council jersey. Which one would you like for your birthday,
2: <laughs> Evo? You offer me anything in the world other than a Craig Council jersey, and I will take it. <laughs> if you uh, can find me, if you can find me a baseball team in the last decade that's been more per- poorly managed over the last <laughs> twelve months, the end of last year and then this this season, I, I, I. You know what? Let's let's stay positive. It's a I, I want it to be a happy day. All right, we'll, Rob. We'll, we'll, we'll get off Craig Council because it'll only get me crabby. All
0: right, so <laughs> for that, Rob, then, uh, instead of uh, – I was going to give you both, but I'll give you the Robert Palmer tightest pants I could find with a tub of Crisco so we could slide into those things, okay?
2: I'm going to send you guys a picture in the in, in the next week and do with it what you will, but I I, I think it was the late 80s, early 90s I, I, went, I went as Robert Plant. I was 135 pounds then. It was a wonderful time, but uh, no, I, I maybe a couple pounds up from that. But yeah, no, I, I went as Robert Plant, and I I could fit into pants like that, Evo. Wow, yeah, I'll I'll dig I'll dig up that old picture and send it your way.
5: All right, Rob.
0: I'm I'm curious now. I want to see that picture. All right, Robbie, <laughs> you sent me a very interesting article yesterday, and you're like good fodder for the show. I'm like I'm going to save it for when my guy Rob is on. Uh, Rob, you know Forbes.com, Conley Media. Follow him uh, as well on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Uh, here's the headline, Rob, that I want you to kind of expand on it: Brady versus Rogers, the dynasty maker versus the dynasty that never was. Two juggernauts going at it on Sunday.
2: Yeah, you know, and and there's going to be a lot of hype about. You know, this remarkable matchup of Hall of Fame quarterbacks and goats and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Evo, again, I I don't want to get dark, but there's one goat in this game, and there's one guy that didn't take advantage of of his remarkable opportunity to win multiple Super Bowls. And I, I kind of picked the timeline, Evo, of let's flash it back about 11 years. The Packers are coming off a Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl 45. Tom Brady's kind of in a period of his career evo he you know he had won three of four there early in his career you know between oh two and oh five and and he's on a six seven year super bowl drought the drought ended up getting to 10 years for brady but it, you know we, we look back in 2011 evo and, and, and packer nation at the time is thinking boy you know what we're gonna win three out of four we're gonna win two out of three we're gonna win four super bowls yet before rogers is gone and And here we are 11 years later sitting here talking about the dynasty that never was, which is the green Bay Packers from, you know, the 2010, 2011 range through today. I mean, you, you flash it back Evo to the, you know, coming off that super bowl championship Rogers is 27 clay. Matthews and BJ Raji had just finished their second year. Jordy Nelson is in the prime of his career. Greg Jennings is in the prime of his career. They've got young gifted offensive linemen, Um, you know, Charles Woodson is still a stud up and down that lineup. I mean, we could, you know, Finley's, uh, Finley's turning into a rock star at the time. Green Bay had so much ridiculous young talent at that time, Evo, that it made sense that everybody in the league said, boy, this is, this is the next big thing. This is the next great thing. And we flat, we, you know, we, we fast forward 11 years to where we are today and you've got, uh, you know, you, you've got a Packer team, Evo still searching for that, that next championship. A lot of what ifs in the playoffs. And Tom Brady has won Super Bowls in 14, 16, mm. 18, and 20. Mm. And, you know, who knows? It could, you know, he, He's on that uh, every even year trend right now. You know, he, he's won four of them since 2014. It's been every even year. It, it lines up maybe again, and, you know, if he can get his receivers back at some point, which I'm sure he will. If Tampa gets healthy, it lines up again as potentially another Tom Brady-type championship year, Evo. So, again, you've, you've got the GOAT going on Sunday, and and to take nothing away from Aaron Rodgers, he's, a, he's an all-time great, but he's let his opportunities for absolute eternal greatness get away in the postseason and, and that's why we're talking seven rings versus
0: one. So, Rob, I mean, you brought up the wide receivers. I would ask about uh, coming up here on Sunday. So, um, let's see here. Mike Evans, the suspension was upheld. And I don't know if you saw the conspiracy theories now that uh, people are saying that uh, John Runyon Jr., his dad, senior, is part of the – the vice president of the, who hands down the punishments. They're saying that he was trying to help his son and his team a, a favor by suspending Mike Evans. Well, it was clearly he's going to be suspended. But no, Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin with the hamstring, Julio Jones with a knee injury. Uh, the only guarantees possibly for Sunday would be Russell Gage, Rashad uh, Perryman, and Scotty Miller for the Buccaneers. Then you look at what the Packers have for wide receiver. Who has with the injuries and suspension uh, for the Bucks? Who has the better wide receiving core going into Sunday?
2: Well, that's what I was going to say, Evo. Even even if Brady is down all those guys, it it, it might now just be a push at wide receiver instead of Tampa Bay dominating that matchup. I would would say this, Evo. Green Bay has a slight advantage only because Rodgers has spent, you know, the summer and the first couple of games throwing to his people. He's probably got a little bit more familiarity with his guys than what Brady is going to have, you know, with, with the guys you just outlined and, you know, Cole Beasley coming in off the street, who knows if, who knows if he's even active or plays or anything like that. Their, their tight ends aren't great since they, although Brady does love Cameron Brake, they, the, the, the tight ends aren't great since they've, they've lost Gronk. I, I, I would say Evo Green Bay there by a nose, but I mean, it, it is going to be a remarkable matchup because the entire, you know, the, the entire buildup to the game, all you're going to read about for the next three days, Evo, and all you're going to hear Sunday morning on, you know, with the, with the network talking heads and things like that leading into this game, it's Brady Rodgers, and we could end up having a you know a thirteen ten kind of game, sixteen thirteen uh, points are going to be at a premium. It's it's not going to be one of these games where Rodgers throws four touchdowns and for three hundred thirty yards, not not against that unbelievably elite defense and. And I think you know Green Bay's defense took some heat for the run defense the other day. A lot, a lot of that came late. I think you know when they were nursing a lead and they were playing a little more prevent, and and Montgomery ate them up in the you know on the one drive, Evo, in the second half. But I think Green Bay's defense will be really good on Sunday. I just I think points are going to be at a premium, and, and all this Brady Rogers hype and uh, leading into the game, Evo, it, it's going to turn into a, a the winner of this game. it's really going to be this simple. Who has the better defense
0: on Sunday? Uh, No, Rob, speaking of Rodgers and Brady, before we get into a little more X's and O's, we've been kind of, you know, devoid of these two guys going at it, uh, especially at the height of their careers. Uh, How many times have we actually seen Rodgers and Brady battle each other out? It's always been like, you know, Matt Flynn was in there or there was, you know, uh, know, injuries or Aaron Rodgers out with COVID. How many times have we actually seen Brady and Rodgers go at it? Has there been any memorable matchups besides maybe the NFC Championship game?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's only been four, Evo, and and maybe he's 3-1. He's won the last three. And and you're right. I mean, when they're an opposite, every four years, and and, and Rodgers didn't take over, Mm. like you mentioned, 2010, when Green Bay went to New England, Rodgers was out that game with a concussion. So the first time they actually lined up against each other, Evo, was 2014. And, it, and and I'll be honest, it's probably the best regular season football game I've ever seen. Um, and Green Bay won that day at Lambeau Field, twenty six twenty one. Yeah, and by I the remember, way, by the way,
0: Bill Belichick complimented Mike McCarthy. Uh, he's like, he's like, you're one of the best coaches I've ever coached against. I remember that.
2: Well, I was just going to say that, Evo. You, you know, your guy received unbelievable heavy praise from oh, the great Bill Belichick after that game. No, Belichick went on, and and it, it's you know, Belichick. he, he shorted press conferences. He shorted a podium, but he went on a soliloquy about Mike McCarthy fawning. that day. About fawning, about, over yeah, Mike McCarthy. Fawning, fawning is very accurate, and, and you know and and that was just a ridiculously good football game um, that day. And then 2018, Evo, which was obviously McCarthy's last season. Green Bay was kind of a mess. Went out to New England and, and got beat up on a Sunday night. They met in the regular season in 2020, and, and Rodgers had a brutal day, and the Packers got Packers got hammered in uh, you know in Tampa Bay, and then. They met again later in the 2020 season when when Tampa came to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game and and Rodgers outplayed, or I'm sorry, Brady outplayed Rodgers when it when it mattered most. And Tampa built a big lead. and I know Brady threw a couple interceptions in the second half. You know, even those were largely punts. Though for the for the most part, Green Bay never could take advantage. and And everybody knows how that one turned out: thirty one twenty six. Uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay missed a chance to go to the Super Bowl, so it's they've only met four times in, in their illustrious careers. Evo, again, Tom Brady three and one. Rodgers hasn't beaten them in eight years, so uh, you know there's 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 a lot on the line. You know, even though it's only Week Three, Evo. I mean, I I would certainly expect when we get to January, these are going to be two of the top three or four teams in the NFC, and and a game like this could largely determine you know who who winds up hosting who. Yeah. In the, not, in the
0: postseason, Rob, I don't mean to put you in the spot or anything. It's I don't fair. know if I you know the numbers off the top of your head. If not, that's it's not a it's not an issue or anything. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in the state of Florida, he doesn't bode very well in the state of Florida. Do you do, do you know any inkling of why that is or what his stats are there? Because he does not do well there.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think, and, and I apologize, Ebo. I'm in the car actually. No, you know, I, I, didn't had, I didn't mean to put you in the spot with it. sixty-five yeah. right now, but I I think it's something along the lines of like five touchdowns, eight picks against Tampa or something like that. I mean, and I don't know exactly in, um, you know, in Tampa Bay, but, but they're not good yeah. um, for the most part, Evo. And now, and that can be attributed to two things. I mean, number one, Tampa's defense for the better part of the last 20 years has been really, really good. And, um, you know, even when you think back to the, you know, the Super Bowl winning team that they had in the early 2000s, now Rodgers didn't see those guys, but, but that was their calling card then, even with Brad Johnson, the quarterback. They were a dominant defense, and, and 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 even when they had a few down years, Evo, they stayed pretty strong on defense. When Rodgers has seen these guys, they've had an elite level defense, and and they've gotten the better of him uh, for the most part down there. So no, it's it, it's been an unfavorable matchup for the Packer offense against these guys. You know, Todd Bowles has, has kind of had Aaron Rodgers' number, and uh, and and that'll that'll obviously be something we're we're watching closely uh, come Sunday, but. Um, you know, for, for Green Bay to beat these guys, Evo Rogers, you know, Ro- Rogers can't turn the ball over yeah. and, and he's turned it over against them in the past. You remember a couple years ago when they went down there and, and, and got drilled uh, early in the season, Rogers threw a couple interceptions on Bay. Green Bay had the early lead. And what, and, and, and one of them, I think it was Carlton Davis took it back for a pick six, you know, and, 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 and uh, Tampa got the better of Rogers big time that day. So he. He's got to protect the ball, Evo. This is going to be a game that comes down to turnovers. Um, and, I, and Brady's not going to turn it over very much. I don't think they're going to hammer away with, with Fournette. And, and Rodgers, on the flip side, has to hammer away with his running back and be smart in the passing game because Tampa's got guys in the back end there, you know, primarily Winfield and Davis, that, that could absolutely tilt the football field. Evo.
0: Yeah. Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie. Um... We, I'm almost to the point of wanting to ban the name from the show so we don't have to talk about it. I, I haven't hit critical mass yet on that, but I have to ask you, we saw some reports early on that week three would kind of be that time when we'd see him. Uh, Rogers, speaking to him, he was very noncommittal of answering a question about uh, one of his best friends yesterday in front of his locker. What's the status on David Bakhtiari? Are we gonna, do you know anything? Are we even ever going to see him? Uh, week three was supposed to be a timeline. Uh, he's not practicing again. Like, what's going on?
2: Well, I thought everything lined up for Sunday night, Evo. I mean, I, I really did. Uh, a, a subpar defense in front of your home crowd, a field and a turf, you know, uh, that, that, that you're familiar and comfortable with. Evo, I, 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 I guess at this point, you know, I, I mean, you ask in terms of when, anybody's guess is as good as mine at this point in time. The Packers have been remarkably tight-lipped. They say nothing about it. They want to keep opponents guessing. But I mean, even if, by this point, Debo, we're talking 21 months. I mean, I, I, I think opponents have, you know, I, I mean, I guess he got a game plan a little bit for the guy. But but I don't think they're spending a an exorbitant amount of their time in a given week preparing anymore for David Bakhtiari. They're, they're, they're preparing for Josh at, at this point in time yeah. as the Packers left tackle. Evo, I I think it would be really surprising if they if they put him out there against you know, let's, let, let's call it what a top three defense in the league. It might be the best defense in the league, uh, you know, come Sunday and then their bevy of pass rushers that can get after Bob you know, on the road in that environment. Um, even the fact that they said last week, he's down to, you know, two practices a week and they will never practice anymore. Back-to-back days that, that, let, that lets you know, right there, he's dealing with chronic pain and pain management. Um, it's, it's to a point, Evo, where I'm saying if I ever see David Bakhtiari again, I guess you know that that's fine. But, but personally, I I'm not expecting even to maybe see him at any. You know, I, I guess at some point, Evo, they'll probably trot him back out there this year and see what he has left, what he can give him. <laughs> um, but you're but you're also talking about a guy, Evo, that you know he's going to eat up like 27 million of the cap next year, <laughs> and 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 if they can get out of that they they do take a cap hit Evo but they'll save about seven million against the cap if they dump him. And they've got to sign Elton Jenkins and they've got to sign Rashawn Gary. So I mean it's it's a sad story. I mean it's really a tragic story yeah. of a guy head of a guy heading to the Hall of Fame if he had kept this level of play up another two, three years. I mean he's a Hall of Fame left tackle when it's all said and done, but his career is probably going to be cut short by that injury and the fact he couldn't come back from it and and like I said, I'm just kind of at a point right now where I guess if I ever see David Bakhtiari again, um, you know, it, it'll be a little bit of a surprise, but, but it's not something I'm counting on on a week-to-week basis anymore.
1: Robbie, I'm right there with you. And then the other, like, point for me is why are they allowing him to take up a roster spot? Why, if he's not going to play, I mean, we're creeping up on week four, week five here. Why is he not on the pup list?
2: Well, clearly when they made that decision evo to keep him on the 53 they expected him to be back in the first four weeks of the season because as you guys know if you're on the pup list you have to miss the first four games of the year and then you're eligible to come off you could play week five so by keeping him on the initial 53 it told everybody at that point in time they expected david bakhtiari back on the field somewhere in the first four weeks well we're already at week three guys and like i said i I think it would be a surprise if he's on the field Sunday, you know, in 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 Tampa, and, and then the following week it's obviously against Bill Belichick, and and you know that guy would would scheme up a million things to come after David Bocciaria on, on that left side in his first game back, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a great question, Evo. I, I think I think you know the reading between the lines answer on that is they had full expectations. That Bocciari would be back on the field either by now or certainly in the first four weeks, but it's beginning to look more and more likely. Evo, like that won't happen. Man. Or sorry, Nelly.
1: On a similar vein, but in a different sport, it's almost like uh, when you have a guy sitting there, he's basically taking up a roster spot when you could have him on the pup list. It's, it's almost like acquiring a pitcher and then DFAing him. <laughs>
2: Yeah, a pitcher turns out to be a
0: stud for another team, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Robbie. Uh, before I let you go, you are—I have two more questions for you. You are two and zero in your Packers predictions. I am, and
2: I'm, more importantly, more importantly, Ebo, I'm two and zero against the spread.
0: You're in Fuego, Robbie. You're you're killing it. He's good at predicting, Ebo, but he's great against the spread. Yeah,
2: look at you, Robbie. That's
0: money in your <laughs> pocket, Robbie. Robbie, what happens Sunday? For the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Well, I'll, I'll give you a good one, boys. The other night when the Brewers were up four nothing on the Mets, I went, I went, I went money line. So, uh, <laughs> or I I, 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 I went live action, whatever you call yeah. that. And, and and I and I got a few bucks down quickly on the Mets, and they came back to win that game. So, so yeah, I'm I, I'm hot right now. Um, ride ride this one out. I, I again, guys. Defensive struggle. What's the line? Two and a half, I think.
0: Yep.
2: It was two and a half the last time I looked. Yep. Currently Packers,
1: yeah, Packers, uh, one and a half point underdog. Oh, oh,
2: so it's dropped another point. Okay. It was two and a half, when I looked yesterday. Um, you you know, I, again, you you know, my love and affection for Tom Brady. I I think he's the greatest winner in the history of sports that I've ever seen. Handsome too. Oh, he's a good looking man. You got that right. Hey, Hey, call him like you see him. Guy looks good. He's no Jimmy G, but he's pretty good looking man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to, and again, guys, I think this is a grinder. I think this is how green Bay's games are going to be for the first six or eight weeks. It's going to be a defensive struggle. Points are going to be hard to come by uh, both offenses have a lot of questions in this game. Both teams, they're, they're, their, their, strengths far and away is the defense, but I, I'm going to go like 1613 Tampa. Um, I, I think they'll, I think they'll turn Rogers over a couple times guys. I think they'll get short fields. They might even get a defensive score. In this game, I just I have a feeling Brady protects the ball a little bit better than Rodgers. and it and it, it it's a little bit ugly for the the executives at Fox who wanted this game to be thirty seven thirty four. They're not going to get that. It's going to be low scoring. It's it's going to be a it's going to be a wonderful nineteen eighties beat them around kind of football game, guys. An
0: NFC Central and I, Central you matchup,
2: yes. An old NFC, good call, Evo. And uh, yeah, I, I I think Tampa guys wins by about a field goal, Robbie. Before I let you go.
0: 18-and-a-half point, dogs, your Wisconsin Badgers. What happens in the horseshoe against the uh, third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes?
2: Oh, boy, so that's gone up. The other day, I think Nelly texted me that was 17 or 16. Oh, it was 19
0: um, yesterday, so it went down a half
2: point. Oh, my goodness. Boy, that's, that's a lot of money on Ohio State right now, and <laughs> and, 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 and rightfully so. I I think the Buckeyes cover you all. Right, I'll, leave I'll, leave, I'll leave it at that. I, I think we're all in for a rough Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I said this earlier, Rob. I think uh, the Badgers are going to be up for two straight tune-up games they tuned up the new mexico state they're about to get tuned up
2: <laughs> yeah i think that's a pretty good way to put it i uh, believe me I, I pray i'm wrong on that one guys but i i, I have a feeling it could get ugly on saturday Hey, robbie
0: i got led zeppelin's all my love playing for you as we have all of our love for you on your birthday i hope you get tuned up tonight robbie uh with a little nitty-gritty beer or something okay my brother yeah.
2: That will be the goal.
0: All right, Evo. <laughs> Much love, Robbie. Thanks. Happy
2: birthday. Thanks, Sally. See birthday. you, boys. Happy birthday, Robbie.
0: All right, Evo. It's our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Hey, Zach A. Hey. What's up, brother? What's going on? We're talking. Uh, Corey and Marshall just called in last segment, you know, saying he's got that dog in him. I'm looking at uh, the Badgers, 18 and a half point underdogs. That's a, that's a dog. I don't think a dog in him. Uh, before we get into hey. the Badgers and Ohio State, Zach, I have a question for you. Ooh, can't wait. Well, I have a lot of questions for you, but this one specifically. Uh, about Aaron Judge and home run balls. So the guy who uh, caught the 60 at that t- uh, you know, Ted Babe Ruth, he uh, gave it away. Uh, Darren Ravel suggested it was for uh, $1,500, a couple signed balls, a signed bat, and a picture. The ball itself uh, worth, I guess, around $100,000. If Zach Heilpin were to catch that ball, or the 61st or the 62nd, which would even be more money, you know, it was up to a million would you give the ball back, or would you hold that thing ransom? And be like, I have demands. I have
4: demands. Yeah, nice. significant demands. Um, did you see the pile, like the the pile that all those guys jumped into to try and get it?
2: just it, it was like a war. Even
7: like the dude yes. 10, 10 rows away.
4: Yeah, like
2: <laughs> that's not
4: that's not coming out of my hands for free. That's for sure. Or for fifteen hundred dollars worth of signed balls. That's like no, sorry, that's not. I yeah, got like, like
0: Corey said it's like you you catch you're catching a lottery ticket. If you were yeah. ever to get a winning lottery ticket, would you just give it away?
4: Right, right. The like, government the already that, takes
0: like what sixty percent of it. So,
4: are, are the people that you know that won the power the uh, Mega Millions? Like, are they? I mean, they they just waited until like the deadline here to to uh, actually announce it um, and split like seven hundred million dollars. Like, it, would you just like? Eh, I don't want this. Yeah, no, <laughs> <deserve
7: it. I'll laughs> let them have it. They deserve it. Yeah,
4: just give back. To, just give back to the. People who run the uh, the lottery. The That's Yankees really are worth seven billion dollars. Yes, and Aaron Judge has plenty of money. Can I get one of that?
0: You can I just get not even a bill? I'll just take a mill.
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll just take a, a tiny percentage. Yes, hey. Zach. So
0: I'm looking at your highly successful Twitter account at Zach Heilprin. It's beautiful. Mm. It's it's lovely. Uh, let's see. You 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 had quote tweeted this about the Ohio State line of eighteen and a half. If it holds. It'll be the longest odds the Badgers have faced in a game in at least 25
4: years. It's insane, isn't it?
0: Zach, what are we thinking about this game uh, at, in Columbus, the Horseshoe, on Saturday? Uh, do the Badgers stand a chance? And uh, if so, I mean, there's a reason why they play the game, anything can happen. What is the biggest thing that is going in the Badgers' favor of potentially beating Ohio State?
4: Yeah, so I'm, I'm peppering a whole bunch of different predictions on the various, like for the camp, I gave one prediction. I'll give one prediction here, and then I'll give a different prediction on covering on your bases. Love it yeah. yep exactly um no uh, it's it's a really really tough ask. They haven't won there since two thousand and four. This Ohio State offense is really, 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 really good. Um, what does a win look like? i mean it's it's obviously holding them under thirty points, which probably is going to be a, a very difficult ask and you're asking Graham Mertz to done, do what he's done these these first three weeks at against a a much higher level defense um on the road 630 night game blackout like all these things going against you but um i think if you have any confidence whatsoever that they can pull this upset it has a lot to do with graham mert because he's played better than i think a lot of people thought he could this year mm-hmm. and uh i mean if he puts it together and the offensive line protects him uh can he have success against Ohio State's secondary that is very good, but also has given up some big plays, uh, especially last week against Toledo. So it's uh, it's about Graham Mertz. And, you know, uh, I don't know about going blow for blow with C.J. Stroud, but at least holding your own.
0: Well, how's that defense going to stack up against C.J. Stroud and that offense for Ohio State? I mean, how much have we learned from the three games here so far for a non-conference for the Wisconsin Badgers? Is, is this defense the real deal, as it always is, for the Badgers? Can they, you know, hold up against these Titans?
4: I mean, it's, it's been good, but it hasn't been dominant, right? Um, even last week, I, uh, Mexico State had some success. Uh, especially on the ground because they were able to break some tackles. Their passing game was horrendous, and Wisconsin made some plays. Like here is, I mean, the thing that you would bank on or you would hope for is if they can continue to keep the turnover train going. I mean, they got seven. They've they've forced, I think, at least. I mean, they have seven interceptions already. Seven different guys have a pick. So, like, if they can get after CJ Stroud uh, in the in you know pressure wise and force make him you know. Throw the ball a bit earlier than he wants to. Can they make some plays on balls and, um, you know, come up with an interception or two? But it's a, i mean, this Ohio State wide receivers wide receiver group is lost two top what twelve picks in last year's NFL draft, and they may be still the best group in the country with yeah. uh, with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and those are just two guys. And, and then they've got a whole bunch of other guys behind them that were all four and five star guys. So. Yeah. It's a it's a huge ask, but can they can they force CJ Stroud into some turnovers, and can they limit big plays? I, they're going to give up big players because that's just what Ohio State does. Yeah. But can you limit it to one or two and, and not four or five, six?
0: Can can Graham Mertz? What have you seen? I mean, I'm back on the Mertz bandwagon right now just because of the last three games. You know, he's looked good. I know the loss to Washington State, you, you can't really blame him for any of it. He looked good during that, too. Graham Mertz, first time in his career, three straight 200-plus-yard passing games. What have you seen differently from Graham Mertz this year than last year or the years previous?
4: He hasn't forced anything for the most part. I mean, I guess Paul Chris may disagree with that because uh, he kind of said against Washington State that threw the deep ball a few too many times when he could have just taken some... Some underneath routes, but for the most part, he hasn't he hasn't uh, forced the ball into situations, and that was just not the case the last much of the last two years. Now, a lot of that, some of that is guys running wide open, which has been a case and has been the case, and I don't necessarily think that's been the case the last two years either. But um, him willing his willingness to just take what the defense has given him and not try and force it into situations where turnovers pop up, um, I think that has been for me at least to this point the biggest difference
0: so Zach uh, you are going to the horseshoe correct accurate I assume you've been there before I have what's this what's the scene like there uh, with 100,000 screaming fans Uh, how how hostile of an environment of this uh, will it be for the Badgers
4: well we haven't done a blackout in a while so uh, people are very excited about that and um, you know a night game in any Big Ten city is crazy a little bit different, Columbus, because Columbus is a little bit bigger city than most of the Big Ten cities. But it'll it'll be wild. Uh, I was there in twenty thirteen when they played them, and Wisconsin was thirty one twenty four. I think Jared Aberdeer said like close to had a bunch of catches, close to two hundred yards, I think, mm-hmm. of uh, of receiving. It's a it's going to be a, the, the most difficult place that they've played. Um, Trying like easily this year, probably. Uh, probably since the last time they went to Columbus in 2019, this is going to be the toughest game, toughest atmosphere, 100,000 people screaming at you. And at night having, and we all know this, having an entire day to get ready for it mm, um, get tuned in, in their up. different ways. Mm, yeah. Yeah, mm. In their mm. different ways. Different,
0: the two meanings of blackout going on there, uh, the fans and all their garb, and also maybe a lot of liquor.
4: Yes, exactly. So, how? yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy scene. I, I mean, maybe a whiteout at Penn State is on this level. But in the Big Ten, Penn State and Ohio State, and you could probably throw Iowa in there too. Night games and in Camp Randall against good teams. Really, really uh, fun environments, unless you're the opposing team. <laughs>
0: uh, Zach, before I get your prediction, uh, we do have a question here. Uh, as uh, this 18.5, this is the biggest underdog they've been uh, since in the last 25 years. Who was that one 25 years ago?
4: Uh, you-, you mean uh, Wisconsin? Yeah, who they- wasn't? It was at least twenty five years. We have debated this, I'm uh, not debated it, but like look tried to look it up. Um, it was nineteen ninety six, so it was what, twenty six years ago. They were twenty six and a half point underdogs at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> lost but hey, lost that game seventeen fourteen. Oh. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So put, up, put up a fight. Ron Dane's freshman year. Yeah, put up a fight and uh, and came up. Not all the way, but 17-14. If, if Wisconsin, if this game is 17-14, that's the biggest um, uh, don't go, win. Don't
0: go moral victory on us.
4: That, it. No, it's, it's a, it, it is. It would be a huge moral victory. 17-14 um, against this group, yes. If you're holding them to 17 points, that's a huge win. Would you rather get
0: blown out and then leave no doubt or lose on some nonsense like a last-second field goal?
4: If you're Wisconsin and their prospects for the rest of the year, probably the latter for yeah. me personally go out swinging and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take your shots. And if you can get it, if you hit on some of those shots, then you have a chance to, you know, win the game. But I'm sure a lot of people will probably take the field goal thing because it would mean God, be... that this team is pretty darn good. And, and they, can, they can uh, perhaps, perhaps get back to the Big Ten championship game and, and challenge these guys on a neutral site in December.
0: Zach, your prediction for Saturday?
4: Pain. Uh, um, the
0: badgers bringing the pain to the Buckeyes. Yeah, pain. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like Rocky versus uh, Drago in Rocky the, the so
4: Four. Yeah, I think about thirty-eight thirteen 13 uh on the camp. So
1: So um, more like Drago versus Apollo Creed.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go from <laughs> go the go damn 42, don't that, don't I'm gonna go I'm gonna go forty two.
0: 20. Hey, oh, hey, one. I was, and this is going to come as a surprise to you, but I was at the gym yesterday, and I ran into a guy, uh, Brendan, he works at the Red Zone, but he's from Ohio, big Ohio State fan, and he said, and I quote, I'm really nervous about the game on Saturday. <laughs> he said, Wisconsin always, Wisconsin always makes me leery. I'm, I'm thinking like a 1999 matchup kind of thing.
4: Oh, you want forty two seventeen, but you want you want Wisconsin to fall behind by what, seventeen yeah. and come roaring back forty two on answer? Yep.
2: Get six points in the second mm. quarter and okay. then Okay. Just shut down the horseshoe. If Wisconsin
8: make them leave
0: early. If Wisconsin does fall down a couple scores, Zach, do they have the ability to get into a run and gun, uh, you know, air it out downfield with MERS to uh capitalize or bring themselves back?
4: Can they do it? Uh, so that's, that's, wouldn't I, mean, I mean, they could. Would, they could. Wouldn't, wouldn't Will su- they? I wouldn't suggest it. I <laughs> wouldn't suggest it. Um, that that's, that put a ton of uh, pressure on the offensive line to keep uh, Ohio State's pass rush away. Because, um, if, look, if I I think this. If they can keep Ohio State's pass rush away and, and give Graham Mertz time, he's going to be able to find guys and he's going to be able to complete passes. They're going to be able to move the ball. But... Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. We'll see. If they can, they can, and, and maybe Wisconsin's offense can be able to move the ball and, and have, some chance, ha- have some opportunities have some opportunities, put some points on the board, and, and keep the game close. We'll see. That's good. I think that's a huge key.
0: Zach, excited for Kenny and Halpern tonight. We're going to be uh, streaming yeah. as uh, the Brewers. Five oh five is the one the broadcast start. Just uh, you know, and you guys start at five o'clock at Monks and Sun Prairie. Uh, my question for you: Over under on uh, giant mugs of ice cold beer consumed by Zach Halpern.
4: Well, I, 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 I and hear and I'm gonna half. have some, com- I, 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 I hear I'm gonna have some company tonight. So I I, I love that. Who? We may close the, Me and RJ may close oh, the place Oh, down. I don't know Hopefully. what happened
0: last time you two got together.
4: We'll so, see. We somebody make didn't place wake up until like
0: twelve. Yeah, someone was in the hurt on <laughs> the next day, <laughs> and it wasn't me. Yeah, RJ, RJ showed up. All right, so <laughs> Zach,
4: uh, Zach so, yeah, up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, can't wait for tonight. We're gonna have uh, Bill Nagy out there. Oh my guy, Niggs. yeah. Who went to high school in Ohio. Hates the Buckeyes, so we'll have uh, some good stories. He was on the team that last beat Ohio State mm-hmm. uh, in 2010, so yeah, he's the be man. A good time.
0: He's the he's the man. He's the we love Bill. All right, Zach. Before I let you go, uh, last question: Packers Buccaneers Saturday, who takes home the W? Will it be Aaron Rodgers sipping on a little victory ayahuasca, or will it be Tom Brady uh, getting some more botched plastic surgery uh, with his win? <laughs> what say you? How are you guys feeling? You know me, bro. Packers all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
4: know me, bro. I think I, it
1: I, really I, comes <laughs> down to the offensive line for the Green Bay Packers.
4: Mm-hmm. Just because,
1: if they yeah. allow that Tampa Bay defense to get after Rodgers, it's going to be a long game.
4: So, kind of like what happened in 2020.
1: Kind of, yes.
4: Aaron yeah. Rodgers sees uh, things
0: in new dimensions. New, you know, he's transcended <laughs> everything. He can now win in Florida.
4: Yeah, Kenny. Because he, he still hasn't. So I um, would
0: say that
1: Zach. That if the offensive line doesn't kind of figure it out and block for Aaron Rodgers, there will be defenders coming at him on all planes.
4: <laughs> Are there? I mean, I, this defense has allowed one touchdown and it was garbage time. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bucks just because of uh, the Packers' history in Tampa Bay. But um, you know, we'll see. I mean, who's got? Who has the worst wide receiver, or who has the worst wide receiver group at this point?
0: Yeah, I asked <laughs> Roddy that at six o'clock this morning. Will you kind of lean Packers? I mean, because it was.
4: Well, that could be done. I mean, because going into the season, you could make an argument. That Tampa Bay had the best wide receiver group in the, in the in the league, and right now they're down their top three. So we'll see. We'll,
7: we'll see. see.
0: Moral will easy. be revealed, Zach. More will be revealed.
4: Sure. Yep. Zach.
0: If we want to hear you next, uh, you're going to be on uh, nine o'clock <laughs> central and the, the enemy territory. Where are you going to be on? Nine
4: thirty in Columbus. Yes, uh, should be interesting.
0: Uh, what's the show again? Something in Friends. Bishop and Friends.
4: Bishop and Friends. Bishop and Friends. Bishop yep. and Friends. It'll never. It'll always pale in comparison to any appearance I make in this show. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, obviously. obviously. We know that. Come on.
4: Yeah. Well, you yeah, tell you, Bishop and
0: his friends we all said hello and go f themselves.
4: All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Like
0: verbatim, please say that.
4: Yep. I'll. I'll. I'll you know what? I. I won't even bleep, bleep it. I'll just. Yeah. I'll just go. Just out, go there. right. Up, just yeah.
0: come out guns blazing, swinging. Make,
4: make. Make them
0: use the drop button. Yep. You got it. See, you're smart, Zach. We love you, buddy. All right, guys. Uh, different from Hi. See, you, bud. Oop, there he is. All right, guys. Zach Hopper, I'm sports director, going to Columbus this Saturday. Gonna be a doozy for him. <laughs>
7: Are you feeling nostalgic at all that this may indeed be the final time that you and Tom Brady and your teams face off against one another?
8: Not really. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the history of the game and my part in it. And the game will keep going long after Tommy and I are done playing.
0: Yep. Aaron Rodgers, just another name in the long history of the Green Bay Packers, same as Tom Brady, but these two are juggernauts. Speaking of juggernauts, our guy, Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm getting really excited for uh, a to see what happens Saturday with the Badgers in Ohio State. Uh, mm-hmm. be careful what you wish for, but very excited for Sunday,
2: the Battle of the Bays.
7: Yeah, um, it was a um, it was a different tone around the whole building yesterday, and it started with Matt Lafleur. And uh, you know, a week ago at this time, even though he'd kind of been blown up by the Vikings you know, everybody's laughing and joking and, I guess, confident. And then yesterday, you know, Lafleur comes in like, like you know, this is war. This is very serious business we've got here. Very, you know, solid tone. Now, going over the, the Bears game tape um, and, re- and my notes, <clears throat> it got to be the fourth quarter. You know, you're up by two or three scores. The, the fans are going nuts, you know, at Lambeau Field. It's, it's all good. But um after the game, LaFleur said, so, you know, Justin Fields gets in, and if it had been a score, boy, it would have been closer. It would have been more of a game. So they've got that long review as to whether or not he got in. Mm-hmm. So during that, first thing he does as, as a head coach and running the sidelines is go to his defensive coordinator and say, get ready for a two-point conversion. Start thinking about that. Very good. The next thing he does is he gets his offensive coordinator and his receivers coach and get them and say, okay, what what are we going to run in the next series? What are, what are they doing last? What is there way, some way we can take advantage of it? And that's when they come up with the play to Sammy Watkins for 55 yards. They're actually getting input from the receivers too. Like, nice. I think I can get open on this. This has been open, etc. So they get the ball back and now they're driving down the field. And after a couple of running plays, uh, Rogers goes play action and hits that beautiful pass to Sammy Watkins. And then you're saying, all right. You know, I mean, we haven't seen that in quite a while from the Packers, uh, and, and maybe this is a guy that Aaron Rodgers could connect with uh, once, you know, at some point it'll be Christian Watson will be the Jordy Nelson or the, you know, the Greg Jennings or the James Jones kind of guy like that. So you get this big chunk play of 55 yards. Then they uh, hand off to Aaron Jones and he's running around the right side. Why? Because they got Elton Jenkins in the game Sunday night. They're running to the, they're using the right side of the field, which they were not against the Vikings. And he picks up 18 yards. And then the thing ends up with Mason Crosby coming out and doing a field goal. Like, what? What is going on? And uh and I I'm watching Rodgers and I remember writing this down in my notes, he came on for that series and he goes to LaFleur and the hands are going left and right. And I don't know what NBC showed. I'm just looking, I like, remember from what I saw. Um, but he's having a long conversation with Lafleur. Like, that was broken. That's got to be fixed. And Lafleur is trying to talk him off the ledge. The, the conversation ends with Lafleur hugging Rodgers to say, hey, look, we got the W. Let's move on. But Rodgers is making a point. We needed a score after a big play like that. And then he goes and does, has another five-minute conversation with Tom Clements over the same thing so yesterday I asked LaFleur what happened in that late in that fourth quarter in the red zone when you failed to convert after that 55 yarder to Sammy Watkins I think we had a penalty if I remember correctly and certainly anytime you get pe- it's tough to overcome penalties at any point in the game but in particular you talk in the red zone um, those are tough plays to overcome you know we definitely wanted to keep kind of keep the ball on the ground to let that clock, uh, you know, hopefully expire as much as possible. And uh, who's got their phone in here? Uh, Is that you, Mike? But, you know, no. it's just you got to <laughs> no. make sure that you're on top of your game when you get in those critical situations and we can't have penalties.
0: Yeah, LaFleur's trying to give an answer here. we got people's phones going off, Mike. Come on. Like Aaron Rodgers was frustrated. Now the reporters are frustrated. Jeez. Well,
7: here's a great flashback. It's 2005, and – Mike Sherman's having a horrible year. He's only got like two or three wins. He's like two and eight or something. Brett Favre is, you know, it's the year he's going to throw 29 interceptions. They, they keep on going through running backs. And, you know, people, more people were getting used to using cell phones in 2005, yeah. and it seemed like a cell phone was going off in this press conference every day. <laughs> so then he had a sign put up, no, you know, no cell phones, you know, allowed or should go off during press conferences. And one goes off. And he flips out. And he says, who is that? Who did that? And it was like someone had a cell phone in a backpack back in the corner, (laughs) but they forgot to turn it off. And so Sherman picked up his papers off the podium and said, listen, I I don't care about me. You people need to respect each other, okay? You need to respect each other. And he stormed off and ended the press conference early. And then about five, ten minutes later, we get a handheld release memo There's, everyone's being handed out to this, and it's from the team that says, uh, you're not going to get Brett Favre today unless someone comes forward to admit it was their cell phone huh? that went off. <laughs> Did anyone admit it? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I think so. I think, yeah, because I know, and I know it was like CBS 58, like some Rice. photographer or producer, whatever, it was an accident. Yeah. You know, whatever. Man, Sherman, people Trump. were trying to, re- yeah, but anyway, that was the beginning of the end for Sherman. Like the, you know, the, the guy's coming unglued. Yeah, and and there was a sign up there for years too about no cell phones, blah blah blah. You know, so I think Lafleur was having some fun. Getting back to the topic though, about why they didn't score, um, these these head coaches and these quarterbacks have incredible memories. I don't know what Matt's talking about because the Packers didn't have a single penalty in the fourth quarter. The Bears had a couple of penalties, but not during that drive. Uh, there was one time where they were getting close, maybe to the Packers having a delay of game. So Matt called for a timeout. Matter of fact, he called for two timeouts after the big play, pass play. And they're they're down there in the red zone, you know, about the 14. Aaron Jones has a short run that gets you know hit back, and, and then Rodgers tries to pass to AJ Dillon, and that, that they call these timeouts. So I asked Aaron Rodgers, I said, how come, I saw that you were frustrated, why were you guys not able to convert and get a a touchdown in that after that big chunk play as opposed to have to settle for a Mason Crosby field goal?
8: Yeah, we called a timeout on third down instead of getting out of the auto a little quicker. We had a really good play called that had a high percentage of being a touchdown, and we just didn't give ourselves enough time to get that play called. Came back with a similar play on the third down after the timeout, and they played a different coverage and you know, kind of got off of it, but Allen ran a good route, so I was just disappointed we didn't get seven there, but took it to a 3 score game and put the game out of reach. Is there any difference between a driver, you're moving the chains for ten plays, or one, you have a huge explosive play, and then you sort of reset? Not necessarily. You know, it's when you hit a big chunk play, I think you maybe expect the percentage of scoring a touchdown in that situation to go up, but that was nice. I mean, I enjoyed... Uh, the call there, Sammy ran a great route. I threw a tight wobbler that, you know, didn't slow him down too much, and that uh, was good to get some points and get out of our own shadow of our goal line, obviously the big stop by our defense, and then put the game away.
0: Hey, Mike, I don't think they're going to be needing to, or I can't really fail too much in the red zone coming up here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a little more quality of an opponent than uh, the Chicago Bears.
7: Great defense. By the way, that would be a good name for a cocktail, the tight wobbler. The, of... the... <laughs> but, you know, the point is this. I mean, in the in the NFC championship loss to the 49ers at Lambeau Field, Aaron Jones, the biggest play for the Packers in that game against San Francisco was the seventy five yarder. And then they couldn't convert in the red zone there, and then they end up having Mason Crosby comes out who gets his field goal blocked. And then when you're up against a tight ball game against the Vikings, remember the goal line stance was you know, where A. J. Dillon got stopped the first time mm-hmm. short and all that. I mean, this is where I know where Aaron Rodgers is coming from. Like, man, we got to convert these things because now you are going up against a, perhaps the toughest defenses you'll face in the first half of the season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, um, he's not talking much. He had a post-game press conference that lasted a minute to forty-nine mm. after they won. They beat the Saints, so he and he's got some sort of frustrations. He does his podcast though. He talked about what upset him the most Sunday and the Superdome against the Saints. You know, we didn't score any points in the first half. That's that's
5: exhausting. It's not going to be good enough to beat anybody. So I think the sense of urgency is very important. Um, and at the same time, remaining poised is really important too, which I didn't do a very good job of that, and I've got to be really mindful of that going forward and getting my emotions in a good place. So it allows me to be the best player I can be. I think there's an importance where you can – Become too overly emotional, which I definitely think I was. And I've got to find a better place to be at so I can be a better place for my teammates.
0: Yeah, I mean, his, the teammate that took it the most, Mike, I think it was that tablet he was smashing on the sideline.
7: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and first of all, Mike Evans, you know, gets ejected from the game. Uh, his other receivers are getting injured. It was a 3 3 ball game, you know, with 11 minutes left to play in the game against the Saints in the Superdome, you know, one of their division rivals. And it was defense that pretty much helped them beat the Cowboys in week one. So, you know, Brady knows he needs to get his offense going. And so he talked about him slabbing down that tablet uh, in the Superdome Sunday.
6: I've had a pretty uh, bad record against that tablet, unfortunately. I think I. You know, I forgot the password and I couldn't log in. So, those things can be frustrating, as, <laughs> as, as we realize with time. So, unfortunately, a tablet just happens to get in the way. And obviously, that's the reason why things weren't going great yesterday. So, I had to take it out on the poor, meaningless tablet. You know, I'm trying to make sure I don't throw my arm out when I throw it, but I was pretty pissed. So, until I get it right, you know, I'm going to keep doing it. And obviously, with reputation being the key to success, you know, I got to get the perfect tablet slam, which I haven't got yet. So, Tune in for next week to see if it happens.
0: Hey, Tom Brady's really good at slamming things around. Mike uh, tablets, also his phone. When uh, they were coming for what uh, the the Spygate or the it I think he bashed oh, right. his phone a bunch too. He's good at breaking right. technology. He's
7: good yeah, breaking. yeah. So and then Aaron Rodgers is that there's that famous meme, that famous GIF where he's he's uh, in his on the with the white jersey. Scott Tolzien, the former Badger, sitting next to him, and he's looking at this play and he gets just frustrated. They're they're, they're playing the Panthers, Carolina Panthers, back in 2014. He just. Flips the thing over. So we were chatting with Rogers about when he threw that tablet to the ground with Tulsi next to him, and it became that fa- famous social media meme.
8: Tossed, yeah, I tossed. tossed. It. You did toss it. Front toss, yeah. Uh, what do you mad at Scott. He was gloating and, and about. As a quarterback, how often are you tempted to toss that? Like, tempted? Oh shoot, all the time. <laughs> actually, do it. You know, I've done it once. Not the tablet's fault, but it's hard to remind yourself of that in the, in the moment. I've. Tossed it to where it's hit the ground only one time. I might have tossed it, you know, to one of the guys who holds on to it, but I've only tossed it once, and it wasn't a intent to smash it. It was just, get away from me. And was it damaged on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give it any more free advertising, but I don't think I threw it hard enough for any damage to happen to it.
0: Man, uh, careful with his uh, his words there, Mike. He tossed it. Yeah, tossed I
7: know. It. I played that over three or four times. Evo just to make sure it's not you know I don't have to bleep it out.
0: No, no, yeah, he's careful with it. He said shoot, so yeah, yeah. it was shoot, it It was was a
7: shoot, it was shoot. So in the meantime, you got Julio Jones hamstring, Uh, you got Chris Godwin hamstring, not practicing yesterday. Akeem Hicks, the former Bear, he's now got a a foot injury that could keep him out three or four weeks. Scotty Miller uh, with a calf injury, Uh, and and then they got the Mike Evans suspension being upheld after fighting you know for a third time with. Marshawn Lattimore from the Saints. So Todd Bowles, who really got a raw deal the time he was in New York and the rosters and the meddling from the owner, uh, and they barely won any games in the time he was there. Now he goes from defensive coordinator with a Super Bowl ring to the head coach of the Buccaneers. And he's talking about all these fires he's got to put out in the building this week in the Buccaneers.
3: They deserve tons of credit. I'm in there and I'm still hands-on, but they de- they deserve tons of credit. All those guys put together a lot of the game plan. They do a lot of the individual work and make sure everybody's on the same page, but I'm in there just the same. The fires, I've had plenty of experience in New York, so it's not really fires <laughs> for me. So, you know, I'm okay. I'm
2: okay dealing with the day-to-day.
0: And, Mike, hopefully on Sunday he brings something over from his time with the Jets, and that's taking a lot of losses or the L. So, you know, that's why we hope he brings that over so the Packers get a win.
8: Yeah,
7: and and you hope that, you know, the Packers can, can take that next step, particularly in their offense. And the same thing with the defense, too. The defense, you know, they let some big runs get by, and it wasn't just garbage time against the Bears. And you watch the tape, and you're going to need better performances from the Packers inside the linebacker. Devondre Campbell missing some tackles, mm. and Quay Walker just out of position as a rookie. They need to work on that this week.
0: Yeah, Mike, always a pleasure. Always great stuff, man. Um, we'll keep all listening, obviously, Bill Michael Show, Grant Show, all your awesome work on Twitter, Mike uh, Clemens NFL. And, Mike, just... Have a great weekend, man.
7: Let's let's. I'm gonna p- go spike a tablet now.
0: Let's yeah, do a uh, Microsoft Surface. We'll we'll yeah. spike it hard, okay? Or okay. To- toss it actually.
4: Thanks, Paul.
0: See you, Mike. There he is, Mike Clement, our guy.